Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical education and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360, a multidisciplinary medical information network. More than 8 in 100 pregnant women develop gestational diabetes in the United States, according to the CDC. Registered dietitian and diabetes care and education specialist Jennifer Smith is here to speak with us today about the management of women with gestational diabetes, the psychological impact of the disease, technology recommendations, and more. Jennifer, thank you for joining us on the episode today. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Of course. Again, my name is Jennifer Smith. I'm a registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. I work with Integrated Diabetes Services with a very popular, well-known gentleman, Gary Shiner. And I work with all ages of people who have diabetes. Um, We're worldwide. So we provide education to people with type 1, type 2 diabetes in the realm of helping, you know, helping them to navigate. And we've got a wonderful crew of clinicians that that I have the pleasure to work with. I work with a lot of athletes and women with diabetes because there's certainly, you know, avenues to kind of move down in terms of which which piece of individualization needs to be done. I've had type 1 diabetes myself for more than 35 years and have certainly seen a lot of the the movement in the past 5 or 10 years in the changes and the benefits of what we now have as, you know, new technologies. So I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you. We're happy to have you. Thanks again for joining us. We are talking about the management of women with gestational diabetes today. To get started here, just tell us when does gestational diabetes occur? Yeah. So usually when we're looking at gestational diabetes and kind of diagnostic standards, we're all women who have um, a pregnancy are going to have a a tolerance test, a glucose tolerance test, essentially, if they don't have diabetes preconception already, then sometime during that 24 to 28 week time period in pregnancy, you're going to have a glucose tolerance test, essentially, in order to be able to evaluate the glucose levels when your body is tested with a glucose load or glucose being a sugar load, right? Uh, It could be done via IV, or it could be done with just what's called an oral glucose tolerance test, which is where a woman would drink a very lovely tasting (laughs) glucose sort of solution, and then evaluation of what do blood sugar levels look like in the hours following that glucose intake, and they have to sort of be within a target range in order to um, not be diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And what is the importance of a healthy diet and lifestyle in the management of pregnant women with gestational diabetes? Yeah, it's as important as anybody, honestly. Um, But in terms of glucose management, which is really what we're looking for, right? Uh, We're looking at lifestyle changes or just continuing lifestyle adjustments that may have been sort of started prior to conception, but maybe nobody had any navigation or education on how to, you know, how to do things better. Exercise or activity of any kind and nutrition or food. They're very big pieces in the management of glucose in anybody who has diabetes. And in pregnancy, because our glucose target range is much tighter, 
63 to 140 is really what we're aiming for as that target range. And that includes the post meal time period. So, it, you know, if you have gestational diabetes, we're really looking at either the one hour or the two hour post meal blood sugar levels. And at that one hour mark, the aim is for 140 or less. At the two hour mark post meal, we're looking at under 120. And then coming into the next meal, you know, in the range, usually somewhere fitting a little below or maybe a little bit above 100, essentially. Um, fasting ranges, meaning first time waking up in the morning, we're really looking for glucose levels again under 95 um, for fasting. And so because of the tightening of that, Education really needs to be um, focused for women on what does activity do to blood sugar or your blood glucose and what does the type of food and the content and the portion of food at certain times through the day, what does that do to blood sugar as well? If it were in my ability to do anything for women with gestational diabetes, I would 100% put on a continuous glucose monitor to every woman who has diabetes in pregnancy because it really is a very good visual on those trends. And rather than doing what's most common are finger sticks or blood glucose monitor testing in the fasting time and especially in the aftermath of meals to meet those tight targets. But if you want more information and you want to be able to put together activity and the food that you're eating and put those pieces in a way that you can make some good adjustments, then a continuous glucose monitor is 100% the way to go. Um, you know, many times in the diet realm, we're really looking at controlling to meet nutrition needs in pregnancy, which are higher, right? Um, not higher by a lot, and mostly calorie intake needs to go up slightly in the second and the third trimester. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I'm eating for two. You're really not. <laughs> I mean, you are, but you're not, right? Your body is changing a lot. You've got a developing baby. But I mean, it really equates to maybe two to 300 extra calories, which is not a, a heck of a lot of extra calories, right? And so, you know, from an education standpoint, when a woman is diagnosed with gestational diabetes, really, really important for them to get good quality education about what this means, right? Because they may not have any idea. Most people don't have a reference point at all. Um, and, you know, it, it goes into change that they're already making. Now there's another change that needs to be put in. And these might be women who already have a family that they're taking care of at home. So you're, they're being asked to make some pretty considerable changes for themselves and what does that look like in respect to, you know, their family life or their lifestyle? We talked about healthy diet and lifestyle. We mentioned education, the use of a CGM. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share about how a patient with gestational diabetes really should be managed? Absolutely. I, I, you know, a diagnosis typically without, again, diabetes preconception, gestational diabetes is diagnosed in somebody who has no, no idea that this is coming, right? And so in terms of management, referral to a, a knowledgeable 
dietitian especially, someone who has experience working with gestational diabetes or a dietitian, um, registered dietitian who also has the credentials of, of being a certified diabetes care and education specialist, then they should be managed close with a potentially a high risk doctor team, not just an OB team, but more of an MFM or a high risk team, which allows them to really have that in-depth quality care, especially if their glucose levels are not able to be managed just with lifestyle changes of, of diet and activity, right? If there's medication that's going to be added, first and foremost, it's going to be insulin. And that really requires a, a quality practitioner who understands how to help the person learn about it and navigate it well um, to keep those tight targets. Um, so it may even uh, you know involve an endocrinologist or like I said, a MFM, a maternal fetal medicine doctor who has extensive experience with high risk, including diabetes, either preconception or in this case, gestational diabetes um, can really help them manage. And they may require more visits, more ultrasounds, more evaluations. There's certainly going to be a lot more testing. And that really requires a practitioner being able to understand the data that's being asked in recording from the woman with gestational diabetes. If they're asked to do finger sticks to get blood glucose values, if they're asked to change their nutrition habits, if they're asked to use a continuous monitor, then who is looking at that data, right? Who, who is going to help them sort of pick it apart and, and make sense of what probably looks like gibberish to them? <laughs> um, so a quality healthcare team, again, you know, not just necessarily primary care, but a really well-educated OB or a high-risk maternal fetal medicine doctor. Um, and, you know, depending again on medication use or not, might even move them into using endocrinology as a service as well. I can imagine, and it would be understandable if there are psychological effects of this disease on women. What can the psychological impact of gestational diabetes be in, in women? Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of multi-layered, right? I think with an initial diagnosis like that, there's always the one, what, what did I do, right? I thought I was healthy. I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing. What did I do wrong? So from a psychological standpoint, you have this guilt of I must have done something. And then along with that guilt is the concern now of, well, what have I been doing to my developing baby? You know, I find out about this in, you know, almost the end of the second trimester and all along glucose levels, maybe they were already going up. And now we discover it at this point. So I think that from that level of, you know, mentality is the idea that women may be considering, oh gosh, what have I done so far? Right. And then the other psychological components are considering the big lifestyle changes that women might be being asked to make. Maybe they're just somebody that's so busy and has the type of job that exercise has never been something that's regularly fit in. So now they're being asked to, you know, walk 30 minutes every single day or take a walk after your meals to control that post-meal blood sugar rise. Um, that's hard. That's a, a major impact. And because many women also have families that they're helping to take care of beyond just this pregnancy, 
that's also an impact on the family structure and getting the family involved in understanding why, a, you know, a woman might now be really paying attention to things or might be using an app to look up or log foods or look at blood sugar levels or keeping records. And that takes away in some ways from what their normal day-to-day involved. It's, it's an addition to that. Right. Um, and then the worry from, you know, a psychological standpoint, long-term, what does this mean? Right. Because many times at diagnosis, a lot of women are told, well, you know, long-term a, a, a diagnosis with gestational diabetes may long-term mean that you're predisposed to type two diabetes, especially if your lifestyle changes that you're learning now are not continued in the post, you know, in the postpartum time period. And so not only now are you worried, but then the lingering thought that after this baby is delivered, when gestational diabetes typically goes away, right, is the potential that something is going to hit later and when. So there, there's a lot to think about. And again, that's the place where a very good clinical team is really important for a woman to be able to share and be able to talk to somebody who can give quality feedback and help assure them that with good management, all these concerns can be well controlled. And one thing that I've heard you say a few times is that it's important for clinicians to match the right technology to their patients. Let's talk about technology and how women can use technology to manage their gestational diabetes. Is there anything that you might recommend? Sure. I, and thankfully today, you know, even if a woman is given a blood glucose meter, right, to do a finger stick to get their um, blood glucose information, thankfully today, a good majority of the uh, monitors on the market have an app that they work with. And so as soon as the glucose value is given, it connects with the app via Bluetooth, and it essentially allows all of that data to be stored in one place, which then with, again, a good clinical team can easily be moved into their clinical database via, you know, some type of electronic medical record, or many of the glucose monitors connect with online databases, um, things like Gluco and Tidepool and some of the other systems uh, that allow that data to be synced. And then if the clinician has an account, their clients or their patients can essentially seamlessly have all that data transmitted they can evaluate it and even give, you know, electronic medical record responses back to questions. It kind of moves into like telehealth and the importance of the ability to connect in between in-office visits, often, especially in gestational diabetes, means a lot more and a lot tighter management of health because there are checkpoints between those actual office visits. Um, other technology, even, you know, if a woman with gestational diabetes has, um, has to start using insulin as a management tool, right? And that's what I, I would really suggest in when a clinician is discussing, you know, we need to add insulin. Again, from a psycholo psychological standpoint, a lot of women think, well, I guess I failed, right? I must not be doing something well enough. I have to, I have to use insulin now, right? And that's not the case. 
many times the hormones in pregnancy shift so significantly that the use of insulin, you should think about it and teach about it as if it's it's a tool that we're going to use. Just like this blood glucose meter is a tool for information, the insulin is a tool to help us keep your blood sugar where you want it right? Um, there are, I, I think I've mentioned before, um, we have really nice insulin injection devices that are also technology driven, thankfully, and they help to bring together the information that the dose was given, what time it was given, apps that connect with these insulin pen delivery devices to allow the person to even be able to see when was their last dose given to be able to share the reports with their clinical team and to be able to show, you know, I'm, I'm doing the job that you asked me to do and these things are not working out. So let's make some adjustments. Right. Um, and then, as I said earlier, um, continuous glucose monitors are a piece of technology that I think every single person with diabetes, whether it's gestational diabetes, type one or type two should have access to a continuous glucose monitor from, a point of time to point of time, you know, every one to five minutes, a new CGM value is kind of being generated and put out. And that pattern of information gives a more fluid look at where glucose is heading and where it has been. If a woman is started on insulin, it also is a really nice way to have comfort that what you've taken is working the way that it's supposed to right? Because anytime we include medication, especially blood sugar lowering medication like insulin, we also need to have the discussion about hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. And so with continuous glucose monitors, with the alerts and the alarms and the things that we can have values set for high and low blood sugar, that makes a piece in that psychological management of this there's a little bit of, I guess, a feeling of less frustration because you can see what's happening with a continuous monitor and all this data kind of put together. So yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for all of the technology that we have, especially in the past five years. It has really, it has really bloomed considerably. That's great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add for this episode today? I think in terms of gestational diabetes, again, there's not much there's not much ahead of time talk, like preconception talk that can really be done about it because mm -hmm. it's something that no woman is really expecting to happen. In preconception with those who already have diabetes, obviously the talk about management and whatever should start well before pregnancy happens. Um, but gestational, that's it's this time period of life that's just it happens when it happens. So yeah. <laughs> sure. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Of course. Your time. Thank you so much. For more diabetes technology content, visit consultant360.com.